Kevin O'Banner is staying in Lubbock while Barrett Peary will head to Las Vegas and join the bench at UNLV. We'll discuss both of those moves and what they mean for the Red Raiders coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Be sure that you have subscribed to our channel. If you have not already, I'm Ryan Mainville. He's Emery Lida. Today we're talking about two big moves that happened in Raiderland over the past couple of days, and obviously those being Kevin O'Banner announcing that he will be staying on the roster and remain a Red Raider. And then the quite considerably big news, maybe, maybe uh, I think a lot of people might have foreseen it, but still uh, a rather impactful move is that of Barrett Peary leaving Mark Adams' staff and going to UNLV. A lot to discuss, Emery, but let's start with Kevin O'Banner. Obviously a very, very talented guy. You know, it feels good to have him back on your roster. It's going to give you a lot of upside and a lot of experience. Kind of walk me through your mindset over this offseason and just what you thought as you were monitoring the situation with O'Banner, as if he could pursue his professional opportunities or maybe even return to the Red Raiders. Well, for O'Banner, I feel like the biggest thing was does he value another year of the college experience and the NIL benefits that are going to come with that and the opportunity to really go far in March, or does he want to go ahead and get started making money overseas? Because I feel like O'Banner's game was one that really sort of had its limitations at this point. O'Banner's been someone that's been in the college system for four years. So he's kind of a little bit of a known commodity. The shooting's obviously going to be there. The inside finishing is there. He's a good role man. And defensively he has his own issues kind of not really a rim protector not really overly switchable compared to some of the other bigs that tech has so sort of the jury the verdict's already out on O'Banner as a player and so for him he can go back to college and develop things or he could have gone overseas and really it was just kind of weighing his options I feel like at no point was it a guarantee that O'Banner was either going to stay or go back and so for for him to be able to really sort of decide to go to tech. I feel like it was just him preferring being preference and having his own preference and deciding to come back to tech. And ultimately, like at the end of the day, it's really good to see him. And it, over the last couple of weeks, we've sort of seen a development that indicated that he would be coming back. Weird. Mark Adams saying that he was back in Lubbock and he felt optimistic. And then obviously within days, it was officially announced. And so this is something that wasn't really a surprise. Like it was one of the two major options that O'Banner had on the table, but for him to be able to make that decision is really good. And I feel like it helps out tech immensely coming in next year. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at this roster and you're thinking about kind of the different guys and the, the areas and the ways that this roster is structured, you really wanted Kevin O'Banner to return if for nothing else than just the pure experience factor. I mean, this is a roster that would have been very, very young without him. It would have been very depleted. 
Um, and now you get a guy who played a ton of minutes for you last year to return. And so, I mean, this is really big. But here's another reason why I really like the idea of Kevin O'Banner returning. I feel like he can be a much better basketball player than he was last season. Um, and that may seem overly harsh, and it may seem um, a, a little judgmental towards his, his season last year. But truly, I just think that what we saw at or- ORU over the past three years before he became a Red Raider was a better basketball player than he was last year. And I don't think that that's necessarily an issue in terms of you know transferring up and playing against better competition. I think he just regressed a little bit. And I think that another year, another offseason of, of being in the Texas Tech weight room, you know, working with the coaches, getting shots up, I feel like that could be really, really good for him. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed, but I do think that the potential is there for him to kind of get back to some of that old form. Yeah, it's worth noting that his offseason with Tech was pretty short last year relative to some of the other guys in the program because he didn't, if I remember correctly, did not officially commit until July, and he was also going through the draft process at the time. And so he kept... He kept being, he kept really kind of having to work on his own individual game. Really did, wasn't able to get into Tech's weight room and have access to Tech's own individual stuff. And so, for O'Banner to be able to come back and sort of have a full off season in Tech's program, I think it's going to do a lot for not just his conditioning, but also just sort of his integration into the lineup. Sort of getting more chemistry with teammates. Obviously, Tech's going to have to rebuild a lot of the rotation. But I mean, for O'Banner, like you mentioned, I think that this last season was. Maybe not his best potential. Certainly the shot wasn't quite what we had expected it to be. He had some regression there, obviously had his downward variance that we saw through the course of the year. But we also saw moments of brilliance. We saw him hitting five straight threes against Texas and going off against Baylor. And so it's clearly something that he has the potential to showcase his full talent. It's not and it's not a competition thing because he was really good at Oral Roberts in the tournament. So I mean, for O'Banner, this is just something where he's going to have that full, full off season to be able to sort of get integrated with some of the new guys coming in. He's going to have a full year with Tech Strength, strength Program. He's going to be able to maybe work on the shot, but get a little better chemistry with some of the guards. And I mean, I feel like he mentioned, I feel like at the end of the day, he wasn't quite his best self last year. And certainly, I mean, he was still a good player. I don't want to get that misconception going, but the shot wasn't quite what we were hoping for. I think he has some developments he can make on the offensive end in terms of just knowing when to pass the ball and kind of working on some reads, some reading and making sure when he actually dribbles the ball, he isn't a complete liability. So I think those are things to work on, but at the end of the day, just having that full off season, being able to be more integrated in teammates and then having another season of full, another full slate of big 12 games is going to help him out a lot. I think for a fifth year player, there's still potential and there's room for growth, which is, really really rare and like something that you won't come across very often in college basketball but I feel like you know whenever we talk about players returning to the program and uh you know foregoing professional opportunities for whatever reason we're usually talking about this idea that they should be adding something to their game and really what it feels like O'Banner is just going back to the mean of who he is like getting back to the the really high efficiency shooting. Now, I don't know if he's going to shoot 43% like he did over three seasons at Oral Roberts, but I guarantee you, like, it, if he really works on that and he kind of returns to form, it'll be higher than the 34% that he shot last year. And then I think the rebounding, I think we we saw it in flashes last season, 
just how effective he can be underneath the rim. I feel like that's, again, something that he can kind of utilize over the course of the whole season. And so, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, this guy's coming back. What do they need to add to their game to make themselves a more, you know, professional ready player? But with O'Banner, it's just getting back to basics, really, and just doing what he's done really well over the course of his college career. Yeah, it's optimization. I certainly think O'Banner has his limitations that we mentioned. He's not going to be the most switchful defender. I think that's just kind of the athleticism and his own lateral ability that's always going to be a bit of a limitation. Also, his ball handling ability is never going to be like guard-like, but he can certainly make improvements in that area and not be quite as deficient. But, I mean, that's so much of his success is just going to come down to being a more efficient shooter. I feel like if he's able to shoot closer to that 40% mark, you suddenly go from him being a – big that when his shot is on can be a really valuable piece to just simply being a valuable piece because of the gravity that he gives your offense. And so but I think the shooting is probably the most important part, but also like you mentioned, the rebounding is important. We saw it in flashes last year, what he could be as a rebounder. I mean, the double doubles to end the year were really nice to have, but certainly, you know, Banner's going to be really important on the inside. And again, it's not just his ability to develop on as a player, I feel like he's, his development is going to be very much just sort of piecing everything together because he's shown flashes, flashes of being a really good inside player. He's shown flashes of having a really good shot, and he's shown flashes of being a tenacious rebounder. If he can combine all three of those over the course of the season, that's a really, really good player. So it's going to be down to optimization. And, I mean, for one, I think that O'Banner's, O'Banner coming back is good for him, his own development. He's not going to have pressure in the sense that he's having to play in a brand-new environment thousands of miles away getting accustomed to a new league, new rules, new everything. So it allows him to kind of just focus on his own game. But for Texas Tech, I think it's just a huge gain to have O'Banner back and have that experience and someone that's hit big shots in big games and has really been relied on this past season as a leader of your team. All right, I want to talk about how O'Banner kind of fits into next year's team as we know it right now. But first, a quick word from Built Bar and AG1. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bar products. They're not just a protein bar, they are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they are better. Go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high in protein, low in calorie, High in fiber, low in carb. Go to built.com today to get your hands on some of your own. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, and there's no GMOs, nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, and it still tastes good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, big announcement. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. 
Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Audacity app. All right, some exciting things happening within Texas Tech basketball. Thanks for tuning in and getting the scoop here. Talking about Kevin O'Banner and the way that he fits into next year's team. Uh, It's pretty pretty pivotal that I think you return him because uh, I'm looking at my handy-dandy spreadsheet that I create every offseason. And if you're looking for that, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Looking at the chart, there's really nobody that provides exactly what Kevin O'Banner does. Uh, I mean, you got Daniel, who's probably going to be a a key piece in your front court rotation. You got KJ Allen, who I, I think is still a little bit of a work in progress, but can bang it around down low. You've got Austin Temperman, who won't play. Uh, you've got Robert Jennings, who's a really good rim-running big, but doesn't really space the floor. And then just the sheer experience factor. Kevin O'Banner has it where no one else does. Emery, talk about why, if you're a Texas Tech fan and Kevin O'Banner announces he's returning, you should be excited considering the pieces that are around him. Well, he quite simply gives you a piece that you otherwise don't have. He's a floor-spacing big that can hit threes off of screens at a 40% clip. He can move well off the ball. He can shoot from just about any location. He's a tenacious rebounder. You have all of those things, and you have all of those potential potential areas with other players like a Demarion Williams obviously has the shooting ability, maybe Jalen Tyson as well. You've obviously got the rebounding and blocking ability of Daniel Bacho and certainly of other players that can move off the ball, but you don't have someone at that size that can do all of those different things. And so O'Banner's versatility as an offensive player, it's going to be very valuable because it allows you to have four spacing. You can run two big lineups and still have good spacing. You can also experiment with him at the five and on a five out offense. So there's a lot of different things you can do with O'Banner and the fray. And again, you have that, the on-court element of it, which I think adds a lot of versatility in what you're doing offensively. And then you also have the off-court element of he's someone that's already been in the program for a year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he's going to be one of Tech's most experienced players within the program. And then in terms of overall experience, it's probably going to be the most experienced player and have, have played in the most college basketball games and the most big time games as well. So for O'Banner to come back, it's really important because it allows you to kind of have the experience to rely on as well as someone that was an integral part of your team last year that we know can space the floor well. We know is going to be a good piece as it's in both one big and two big lineups and really allows you to just have better shooting. I feel like spacing is going to be so important this year and to have that with O'Banner, even if he's still just a 34% shooter, which hopefully isn't, it still offers you spacing and someone that you've seen can get hot at any moment. How often do we talk about on this podcast the impact and the importance of team shooting and team ball handling on an individual player's performance? Very often. Probably Very like every often. episode. Yeah. I anytime, mean, it is a tremendously important thing. Yeah. Anytime we're talking about any sort of relevant player, how the team shoots and how the team has ball handling around them is going to play into their discussion at almost all times. So with that in mind, when you're looking at a roster that's adding Pop Isaacs, Lamar Washington, Jalen Tyson, maybe Ethan Duncan to some degree, Demarion Williams, um, some more Malik Wilson, and there's still plenty of offseason left ahead, 
what kind of impact could you give your most educated guess towards having, you know, an impact on Kevin O'Banner's individual performance next season? I think the biggest thing is the ball handling improvements. You're going to have Malik Wilson presumably playing a much bigger role. And he's someone that when he was healthy last year, showed a lot of flashes as a ball handler in the half court. You have Pop Isaacs who, if he can live up to his potential and there might be some rough patches in year one is going to be a true, truly great floor distributor can play in the pick and roll, pick and pop and has great court vision. You're going to add Lamar Washington who, Again, the playmaking side of things is a little bit more of a question mark, but at a minimum, he's at least somewhat of a capable ball handler with a shot that looks pretty good. And then you're adding to Mariam Williams, another secondary ball handler guy that has elite level shooting. So the floor is going to be spaced for O'Banner. When he's operating inside, he's going to have better opportunities to be a role man, and the paint's not going to be quite as packed. And then from the outside, I feel like the improvements in ball handling is going to help a lot when it comes to his amount of open threes that he gets because that was one thing that I thought really hurt tech, especially in the early part of last year was just being unable to get penetration into the lane, being unable to effectively make plays off the pick and pop. And it took tech so long to really figure out how to make that work that you guys like Bryson Williams and O'Banner couldn't really get uncontested threes from the top of the key. And that's something that if you look at O'Banner's production at Oral Roberts, so much of it came off of a Max Asimus pick and pop action and when it wasn't coming from that it was coming from some other variation of screen screen at the top and kind of sag back and take a top of the key jumper so there were so many different opportunities that simply weren't there quite as often at tech and while i think the level of competition has some to do with that i also just think that tech didn't have the ball handling to really take advantage of that mcculler wasn't really as experienced in the pick and roll and certainly in the half court offense we will create those opportunities and then all of your other ball handlers either were out of control at times or got injured such as Malik Wilson so it's just hard to really get that sort of development going so I think the ball handling is going to help a lot as well as the spacing in terms of what O'Banner can do on the inside this is probably like a lukewarm take but I think two players have a tremendous ability to impact Kevin O'Banner's season one of them is Demarion Williams tremendous shooting threat it's been proven I would be very surprised if he gets to Texas Tech and there's a significant drop-off in his shooting. Truly one of the best shooters in the country next year. He may not shoot 40% on almost seven attempts per game, but he's going to be reliable for you. And then I think the other one is Jalen Tyson. If he shoots anything, like I watched him shoot plenty of times at John Paul in Plano, Texas, my hometown, it's going to be a really, really impactful thing to have on the perimeter. And here's why those two guys especially, I think, can have a big impact. They're both capable of making the right pass. So whenever you are talking about this idea of gravity and creating gravity, Tyson and Williams are two guys that will do that. They will be shooting threats on the perimeter. And how often do we watch professional basketball or even Kansas basketball last season, I think is a really good example of this, where... There's a guy who's a shooting threat on the perimeter. He gets the ball and he makes one pass because there's somebody wide open in the corner. I feel like both Tyson and Williams can not only be serviceable in those areas, but be really, really elite. And I think that that's something that can completely change the outlook of this Texas Tech team because it can completely change the team's spacing. Yeah, for me, I feel like those two guys are going to be really just a complete game changer from a lineup standpoint. I mean, when you add Williams to the fray and you also have Jalen Tyson 
kind of getting his first year of playing time, if they can move up to the building of shooters, then suddenly you go from having a team last year that really only had two positive shooters on the court at any given time to now suddenly you have at, at a minimum three in the lineup when you have Tyson O'Banner and Williams, that they can all live up to their expectation. In addition to guys like Pop Isaacs, Lamar Washington, and others that could potentially be floor spacers that we haven't really seen at that level in the college at the college level. So there's just the opportunity to have shooters around a guy like O'Banner is big. And certainly I still think the ball handling is going to be the biggest thing when you look at his uncontested three rate, just because of how much of his production at Oral Roberts was based off of just that ability to get, get assistive looks from the top of the key. But I mean, I agree. I think that having spacing around him, having the gravity of those other guys being positive shooters it's going to give him more of those sort of swing swing looks that we saw like a Kansas make or again, for example, like Baylor back a couple of years ago and when they had Macy T, Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler all out there, like it all, it all kind of connected together. So for O'Banner, I think just having the spacing around him, having the ball handling around him is going to be really critical to his shooting splits and just his impact as an offensive player. There's a move on the Texas Tech coaching staff. People love to talk coaching news, so we're going to do just that. But first, a quick word from Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Texas Tech has lost its second assistant coach of the offseason after Talvin Hester takes the Law Tech job a couple of months ago. And now Barrett Peary will be joining Kevin Kruger's staff at UNLV in an assistant coach role. Emory, surface level, Texas Tech is uh, a new blood, man. They're emerging. Been in the Sweet 16 last offseason, becoming becoming a dynamite program. UNLV is a mid-major program. Uh, obviously, some beef between the Red Raiders and UNLV in recent years. Does Barrett Peary leaving Texas Tech for UNLV mean that Texas Tech sucks? Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about this. I mean, you look at the last four years of Texas, five years of Texas Tech basketball and see all the success that Tech has had. I mean, if you're losing coaches at UNLV, why not just shut down the basketball program? Just allocate all of those resources into meet judging and uh, the Palm Squad. I mean, those those teams are dynasties. But no, I think that as a whole, look, I think that Barrett Peary going to UNLV, first off, UNLV as a program is not, a slouch program like this is not a massive downgrade it's certainly i could think in recent years you can make the argument tech has been significantly better but unlv still has a relatively good budget and assessment pool especially compared to other mid-majors and i think that more than anything this could certainly be just something where like there's kind of a disconnect on both sides and it's not something where it's just purely one side or the other moving on i feel like that's something that needs to be discussed as a potential possibility. And the other thing is you see lateral moves like this all the time happening in college basketball. You see guys that may may take theoretically worse jobs, and it doesn't mean that it's a, it's an indictment on the program that they're leaving from. I mean, look at Nolan Smith leaving Duke to go to Louisville, right? No one would no one would say that Louisville is a better job than Duke, and by all accounts, his role at Louisville is going to be pretty similar to what it was at Duke. But – 
you want to say that Nolan Smith is making the wrong decision there. It's all down to individual preference. And I don't think anyone, I don't think you can take anything away from tech as a program just because of Peary's decision. I don't think you can take anything away from Peary as a coach because of where he ended up going, because I think that's wrong on both counts. Yeah. So I bring this up for one reason and it's not to be a condescending jerk, but it's to say, don't panic. Like these things happen all the time. Coaches take different jobs. They, typically work with friends or work in roles where they're going to have a lot of freedom. And we just don't know what was happening behind closed doors at Texas tech this past season. Um, obviously I know that there were a couple of things that popped up over the course of the season, that there was some kind of rift across the coaching staff and just the way that certain players were being used or the offense was being run. Those things I think are fair to be uh, considered with a, a little bit of a loose hand and just thinking that, uh, or remembering that they may not be true. Uh, but Barrett Peary, I mean, he's a really good dude. Like, I, I think that's something that uh, maybe a lot of people will have lost on them over the past couple of days because Texas Tech fans are loyal and true, baby. And whenever you do something that does not seem loyal, they will come for your throat. And that's what I love about West Texas. But man, Barrett Peary is a good, good dude. Um, by all accounts, loved it at Texas Tech put his heart and soul into everything he did with the Red Raiders. Um, it it just seemed like this This had been coming for a couple of weeks at least. Um, I, I mean, you, you, you know, as a reporter, I kind of have my thumb on these things. And even those who, who aren't uh, doing this for, for their job have seemed to pick up on whispers of something similar. Uh, this had been a decision that was uh, predicted and foreseen. Did not catch pretty much anybody behind the closed door surprised. Uh, changes happen. I think now you're talking about who who fills his role and what exactly are you looking for? Are you looking for you know a strong recruiter? Are you looking for an X's and O's guys? Are you looking for an offense-specific guy? Are you looking for a defense-specific guy? The options are unlimited. I think kind of my closing thoughts on this because... Coaching moves are what they are. Uh, this this was a decision that seemed like it was in the best interest for both parties. I think that Barrett Peary will be better off because of it, and I think that Texas Tech will be better off because of it. I'm just excited to see how Texas Tech kind of approaches filling this role over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I think that you shouldn't people shouldn't be taking this as anything against Barrett Peary. I think he had his own decision to make. And certainly I think the program had its own decision to make. And at the end of the day, like both, like you said, both sides can be better off because of it. And how tech fills this role, I feel like is going to be having two or having the one available assistant slot now with Pinkins coming back kind of gives you a little bit of an indication as to what tech can do in terms of filling this one. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went more towards an X's and O guru just because of the confidence they have in the staff that's built up in terms of the have already having court williams and thinking thinking it's on the staff in terms of just a recruiting standpoint so it wouldn't surprise me if you went maybe the d2 route or a low major kind of looking the same way that you did with period in terms of looking at a coach that wanted to go towards an assistant role with an increased salary and with the opportunity to really help alongside mark adams and develop a powerhouse attack so I think that how tech fills this role is going to be really interesting to watch, but certainly, I mean, 
this isn't something where Barrett Peary was just outright bad at his job. It wasn't something where Texas Tech was a toxic environment that no one wants to be around. You can make these, you can make statements about like it being maybe a mutual decision. And certainly, like you mentioned, it's been something that's been kind of in the works for weeks now. Like, I mean, kind of, it was almost an open secret the last couple of weeks that Peary was going to be moving on. And if you didn't know that, you could also look at his Twitter account and just see kind of the lack of interaction relative to what he was doing. It's kind of a little bit of a clue there, but just in general, like it's not something that's going to be going forward, something to be worried about as a tech fan. And you can say that you can say that you can say that it was maybe unexpected considering how people talk so highly of Barrett period within the program and certainly within the city of Lubbock. But at the same time, I mean, things happen in college basketball. You have these rifts, you have these disagreements, you have people that are looking to sort of improve their own career and have these ambitions in areas where they feel like they can have a better environment for them as an individual. So I don't take anything from it. I think that I wish the best for Barry Peary. I think that he's going to have a good opportunity at UNLV with a rebuilding program, a team that has had prominence in the past and has, again, a budget that can be competitive in the Mountain West. And He's also going to have sort of a young team to build with. And then on tech side, I think it gives you an opportunity to fill your staff with another high-level assistant that you could go after. And one last thing, I just think that in general, you're looking at a program that this is a team in tech that can attract good level assistant coaches. And just because you lose Barry period does not mean that you're not going to be able to fill that with a guy that doesn't have pedigree. You're going to be able to get some sort of an experienced coach, whether that be at the assistant level or someone that has head coaching experience. And I mean, it's not going to be something I saw people freaking out over tech, adding Luke Adams to the staff. And that was really, really interesting to me because I look at it like adding a guy that has already been well-connected with the program. Obviously his dad is literally the coach. You have a whole lot of connections there. He's someone that's been within tech basketball. Those, kind of rose through the JUCO ranks, has had the opportunity to coach before. It's not a bad thing. And to still have that third assistant role open and not have it taken by Luke Adams, I think people got a little bit scared that maybe that was going to be the case. And I think just having the more experienced guys you can have on the staff, the better. So I think it's a good opportunity for both sides, both for Peary and for Tech. I try to be nice because I'm, I'm really aggressive online at times. But anyone labeling the Luke Adams hire as nepotism or a bad move, uh, is just completely ignorant of the Juco basketball world. And that that's just a dog water take, man. Luke, I mean, talk to anybody in Juco basketball and they will have resounding things to say for Luke Adams. But like you mentioned, Pinkins back on the staff. Texas Tech has a seat to fill. When they do, we will be here on Locked on Texas Tech to break that down. Until then, be sure that you are subscribed to our feed wherever you get podcasts. You can keep up with us on Twitter. You can follow me at rmain.lbk. You can follow Emery at eraser41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU to be sure that you never miss an episode when it goes live. Until then, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.